Welcome to Radius Conversations, where we want to do real life with real faith. Our purpose here is to dive into practical questions about how to glorify God with people who have experience from a biblical worldview. I'm your host, Mariah Levitt. Today we're going to talk about prayer, specifically how do we pray, why do we pray. Joining me today is Russell Johnson. What's up? (laughs) Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always fun. Yeah, so we have a question about why we pray. In Matthew 6, 8, um, it says the Father knows what you need before we ask Him. So why does God even want us to pray? Yeah, great question. Um, There's probably a hundred ways to answer this, depending on where you are theologically on some other issues. But I would say the easiest way to answer this is because God wants us to have a relationship with Him. So when you think about one of the primary purposes of prayer, it is so that we can have communion, relationship, a walk with God. And so if we only see prayer as I'm here to, you know, rub the the genie's bottle and get what I want or whatever, then now we're treating this as a transaction instead of, and this is a God who created me, he loves me, he sent his son to die for me, and he wants to be in relationship with me. He calls me a child. So as a result, he wants me to commune with with him. Um, And so in that communion, we rest with him, we we dialogue with him, um, and then obviously we intercede for other people. We ask on behalf of others and ourselves. Um, And so, yeah, we, we do that primarily out of relationship. And, um, yeah, I would say that's the primary reason we pray. And for someone who's just starting the relationship and doesn't know how to pray, what would you tell them, like, where should they start? At Radius, our answer would be pray the truth about yourself and the truth about God. Um, So probably the easiest one is the truth about God. God, you are fill in the blank. You're good, you're gracious, and you just can rattle that off as and you know as many as you can, and just you just pray the truth about him. Then um, the harder one is how do you pray the truth about yourself, right? Where you just can put aside the religious language, the Christianese, and just say, um, "This is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling today. This is what's on my plate. This is how my kids are doing." whatever, and just pray the the truth about ourselves. Um, That's probably a a really easy place to start, but also a really hard place to start. So uh, pray the truth about God, which is worship. Pray the truth about ourselves, which is vulnerability, and just trying to be really authentic before God. Um, I say that because I think so oftentimes when we start to pray this this alter ego comes out of us or this this other persona comes out and we start talking in a language we normally don't talk and it it's like no 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 he, remember the purpose is communion he he knows you he knows how you talk on a regular basis let's just keep that conversation going so um yeah that would be probably the easiest way to start mm-hmm. yep um and for people who have been walking with God a while and you know, pray the truth about God, pray the truth about yourself. Do you have any other, I guess, advice or how, how would you deepen your prayer life? Yeah. Um, 
obviously there are times and seasons where we need to shake things up, right? There are times where, hey, I've done the same workout routine for six months and it's now time for me to do something else, maybe more yeah. cardio or more weights. I think the same thing happens with our discipline. Sometimes we read the Bible in a certain way and um, so I need to change that up. And so the same thing would be true with prayer. One thing that I do uh, is I just move in and out of seasons where sometimes I journal my prayers. And so I just uh, I start at the top of a page, write the date, and I just I start writing my prayers down. That helps me be really intentional, especially when I feel like my prayer time has grown stagnant or um, maybe it, it, it's not as... Um, effective or relational as I'd like it to be. So this just allows me a chance to say, hey, let me let me focus my attention here in a different way. So journaling our prayers. Um, there are all kinds of acronyms out there. The ACTS mm-hmm. acronym, A-C-T-S, would be a, an easy one. The A stands for adoration. So in that moment, you just start, you know, praising and worshiping God, which is praying the truth about God. Um, confession is to say, Lord, this is what I bring to the table. This is what I've done. And pray that specifically, not, hey, forgive me of my sins, but I did this, um, saying those words. The T would be thanksgiving. This would be the easiest one. My kids have this one nailed down. We pray. It's thank you, thank you, thank you. It's like, okay, can we move on to something else here? Uh, But thanks is a good one, right? And so sometimes it's easy to spend all of our time praying for something rather than saying thanks for what he's given us. The S would be supplication, which is just a fancy word for praying for things, praying for uh, maybe family members, praying for coworkers, praying for our neighbors, praying for something specific in our own life. And so... Um, maybe if we found that our prayer life is a little stagnant or needs a jump start, two ideas would be the Acts prayer or potentially journaling your hmm. prayers. Hmm. And one other way to pray is out loud. I yeah. know a lot of there's a lot of fear <laughs> around praying out loud yep. and being uncomfortable. So maybe you could expand a little on why we would say praying out loud is a good thing. Yeah, um, praying out loud is a good thing because our spiritual life isn't to be done in a vacuum. It's not to be done individually. So we always talk about trying to be in group, being in community with other people. And so communities, not just sharing a meal or going and doing a hobby, but when we begin to talk about spiritual things and where we're at spiritually, that should lead us to hopefully to talk about what Scripture says about it and then to talk to God about it. Um, when we pray together, we are, we're, we're joining together and we are going before the God of the universe and we're asking him to intercede or to make a move on our behalf or on our brother or sister's behalf. So praying out loud is our opportunity to, to do that together. And, and so I think it has a powerful benefit in that way. For the people that would say, man, I'm super scared about that. I don't like doing that. Um, I would say in this, it, it, it's not unlike any other fears that we might have. If I were to ask somebody to do a sermon on a Sunday morning and they think, oh, I don't do public speaking, my guess is, is that you would practice doing that a ton before you got on the stage so that you had it ready to go. I would just tell you, uh, pray out loud in your private prayer life. 
And so instead of just making it this inner prayer that you you voice in your head, maybe as you're driving to work um, in your car, you pray out loud so that you can hear yourself talking to God. And then that way, when somebody else is there, it's not foreign to you to hear your own voice or to hear your own conversation. So um, maybe that'd be a great place to start is let's start praying out loud when I'm by myself so that when I'm with others, it's it's something I've practiced and it's more natural for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's something really powerful about talking to God with other people. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the most powerful moments in my life spiritually are listening to others pray out loud and praying out loud with a spouse, with a friend, yep. when something hard is going on. Um, so encouragement for listeners who are afraid. It's, it's powerful and um, a unique time with the Lord, I think. Yeah. Um, Kind of switching directions, we always end our prayers in Jesus' name. A lot of times I think we just say, in Jesus' name, and yeah. it's kind of the, amen, <laughs> we're done. Why do we say in Jesus' name? Uh, yeah, there's probably two answers. I'm going to give you the biblical answer for it, and hopefully it will give meaning to the words, and then I'm going to give you the answer that is probably more real. Um, it's... Most of us do it because that's what we've always heard, right? It's like mm-hmm. um, I used to hear a guy, I used to hear it in the tradition I grew up, everybody would always say, dear, gracious, heavenly father. And then they had this rote prayer that they did and they closed it in Jesus' name. And even if I couldn't memorize all the rest of it, I knew, dear, gracious, heavenly father, <laughs> and in Jesus' name we pray. And so... Probably for most of us, it's just that's what I've always heard everybody does, and so I'm supposed to do that, and it becomes like tradition. Um, We always have turkey at Thanksgiving, and we always close our prayers with, in Jesus' name. I do think there's a good reason for it, and so the reason for it would be uh, John 14, 6. And and there's some other ones, but John 14, 6 would be the, the one most people would say. It says... Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then later in that that chapter, he says, whatever you ask in my name, verse 13, um, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So whatever you ask in my name, there's Hebrews passage 4. There's some other places as well where we approach God through Jesus Christ. And so when we say in Jesus' name, we are affirming The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. He intercedes for us currently. Um, We ask for things in His name. These are this. These are the words of Christ in 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 John chapter six. So, um, or in John chapter fourteen. So those are the reasons. That's the theological, biblical reason to do it. Um, My guess is most of us aren't thinking that theological when we say it. But um, maybe as we hear this, we think. No, I, I do ask for things in the name of Jesus Christ. And so it might be helpful to reword our, our little tagline at the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, hope that helps. Yeah. The last question is super easy. Um, what do we do when our prayers are unanswered? Mm. Oftentimes we pray very fervently for things yeah. um, that may not feel like they're answered. So what would you say to someone who is either in a season of praying or maybe something happened that they were praying wouldn't or? Yeah. um, 
I'll, I'll, I'm going to answer this a couple of different ways. The first one is um, sometimes what seems to be an unanswered prayer may be a no. And sometimes what seems to be an unanswered prayer may just be it's not the right timing. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes in a world where we get everything that we desire very quickly, I mean, we have access to the the world through our phones and we type stuff in and we get immediate responses. Sometimes we think prayer should be that way as well. And so just because we didn't get the answer we wanted or in the time frame we wanted, that doesn't mean the prayer went unanswered. It just may mean that it didn't get answered the way we thought it should or when we thought it should. Um, a couple of other things may be happening. Um, there, there are scripture that makes it clear, like our sin hinders our prayer. Um, as a man, the way that I have my relationship with my wife, Peter says that my prayers could be hindered. I mean, that's that's kind of scary. So um, that would mean that have I confessed sin? Am I my relationships horizontally good before I try to go vertically? Uh, sometimes what we're asking for might bring us greater harm. And so God's looking out for us and saying, hey, I have your best interest in mind and that this what you're asking for is not actually your best. Um, we know what that looks like as parents to say no, because that's not really what's good for you right now. You know, Dr. Pepper at 1030 before bed for a you know an <laughs> eight-year-old is probably not the greatest decision, right? And so we know that. They don't understand that so much, but we do. Um, God might be saying, I have something better for you. You're asking for this, but I'm, I actually want this for you instead of this. Um, we talked about waiting. Sometimes it's a waiting, a waiting game. Um, so, yeah, I would say for us when we pray and we feel like I'm not getting the answer or it feels unanswered, I, I would always say keep praying. Um, I would begin to ask, Lord, is this your will? Am I praying this for your glory? Is this just for my benefit? I would really check my motives. And then I would look through and and could I be content with, God, if you have something better in mind, am I going to be good here? Um, but an unanswered prayer or a, a prayer that seems to be a no or a wait ought to just cause us to continue to pray and say, Lord, I'm, I'm excited about what you are going to do in this, and so how can I be content in it? And I, I think sometimes the contentment and really analyzing, you know, do I believe or what do I believe about God mm. and going through this is what I believe about God, so no matter what, mm. I still am going to believe this about God, no and that's doubt, the hardest yeah. part. Yeah. But um, faithfully continuing to pray, I like the, the reminder. Um, well, you know, our closing resource question. Do you have any resources on prayer for people? Yeah. Um, we talk, we reference Tim Keller a lot around here. So mm-hmm. Tim Gettler's got a book, um, you know, aptly titled prayer. So he's got one there. <laughs> um, yeah, very original, uh, CS Lewis for those folks that kind of like the, um, that end of it. CS Lewis has got a, a book on how to pray. A.W. Tozer's another guy that kind of gets floated around here in in radius staff circles quite a bit. Uh, he's got a book entitled Prayer. Um, yeah, there's there's a hundred wow. resources on prayer. Yeah. R- really are the spiritual disciplines. Uh, Richard Foster, um, he's got uh, his he's got a book that has a prayer section in it, and then he's got 
an entire book on it as well. So kind of depending on what you're looking for, but Tim Keller would, would probably be the, the most accessible in terms of here's a guy who's really smart but could put language of prayer and why we pray and all of that in, in some really easy language. So those would be some resources for us. Thanks for tuning in. If you have a question you'd like to hear on the podcast, go to Radius Combos page and click What Do You Want to Hear Next? A reminder that Radius Church exists to glorify God by making disciples, planning churches, and living generously. This has been Radius Conversations. We'll see you next time. <laughs>